Hello and welcome to Cinema Chat. I'm David Heath and this is the podcast where we talk about the movies and the people that made them. And today we are going to talk about The Producers, the 1968 film directed by Mel Brooks. This was uh, one of three collaborations that Brooks had with the late, great Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder plays Leo Bloom, who is a shy accountant with lots of internal issues with life. And, um, but Zero Mostel plays as a scoundrel producer. Zero Mostel will do anything to get a checky, as he calls them. Did you forget the, did you remember to bring the checky, is what he always likes to say. He ends up hitting up lots of rich old ladies. To have thousands of investors begging, pleading to put their money in a Max Bialystok production. Look at my investors now. Voila. Hundreds of little old ladies stopping off at Max Bialystok's office to grab a last thrill on the way to the cemetery. Hundreds of little old ladies stopping at Max Bialystok's office to get one last thrill on the way to the cemetery. What a life. <laughs> he romances these little old ladies and to, uh, to getting a check uh, to produce the play. Again, he always st- states to every woman that after he's done romancing them, he says, did you remember the checky? Bialystok doesn't mind losing money and even in pocketing it a little for himself if the case were to arise. On the other hand, we have uh, the buttoned-up, honest Leo Bloom, played by Gene Wilder. Bloom um, looks at the at the books of Mac, Max Bialystok and and brings up the thought of a of a production uh, being a surefire flop, and points out that you could actually hire extra investors and an effort to purposely uh, collect too much money, and then with the when the play flops, you don't return the investment. If it's not a flop, you go to jail. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. If you were certain that the show would fail, a man could make a fortune. Yes? Yes, what? What you were saying. Keep talking. What was I saying? You were saying that under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Yes, it's quite possible. You keep saying that, but you don't tell me how. How can a producer make more money with a flop than he could with a hit? Well, it's simply a matter of creative accounting. Let's assume, just for the moment, that you are a dishonest man. Assume away. It's very easy. You simply raise more money than you really need. What do you mean? Well, you did it yourself, only you did it on a very small scale. What did I do? You raised $2,000 more than you needed to produce your last play. So what? What did it get me? I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Well, that's where you made your mistake. You didn't go all the way. You see, if you were really a bold criminal, you could have raised a million. 
But the play cost me only $60,000 to produce. And how long did it run? One night. You see? Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? You could have raised a million dollars, put on a $60,000 flop, and kept the rest. But what if the play was a hit? Well, then you'd go to jail. Oh. See, once the play's a hit, you have to pay off all the backers. And with so many backers, there could never be enough profits to go around. Get it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So in order for the scheme to work, as Max Bielostock soon says, we have to find a surefire flop. The two schemers eventually decide to do it together. Uh, despite Leo Bloom's re resistance, he finally gives in and says, let's do it. They, uh, the two schemers find a way to find the worst play possible. They find a positively terrible play by an ex-Nazi, of all people, named Franz Liebind, played by veteran comedic actor Kenneth Mars. Uh, Franz is positively insane. Uh, the, the name of the play is Springtime for Hitler. The play is written as a love letter for Adolf Hitler. So it's a musical about Adolf Hitler. That's a surefire flop, right? Well, well, meanwhile, Max Bialystok swindles enough little old ladies to promise 25,000% of the profits. So we have to bear in mind, we can only sell 100% of something. We cannot sell 25,000% of something. This play needs to be a flop. They decide to hire the worst director possible. Uh, the director envisions a re repulsive musical, um, lots of insane ideas and, and offensive ideas uh, for, uh, for the play, music, musical numbers and such. Um, this sounds like a surefire flop, right? Well, the director is inept and ends up hiring terrible actors. Uh, this is going to be a surefire flop, right? Well, so veteran comedic actor Dick Sean is one of the many horrible actors that's trying out to be Hitler. Uh, Sean is, is a, a hippie, and he's hyped up on peace and love. Oh, and LSD. He's cast as Hitler. This is this is the best that they could possibly imagine. This is this is a going to be a sure flyer fire flop, right? Well, it wasn't. The play was so awful, so awful that the people loved it. The depiction of Hitler was uh, to showed him to be like a cartoon character and a nincompoop and an idiot. So, the play on opening night was a smash. So what to do? Well, I'm afraid that you're going to have to watch uh, the, the movie to see. I will say that 
Dick Sean's dopey performance as Hitler uh, is what kept the audience members uh, in the in the in the theater. They actually enjoyed enjoyed it because it was absolutely hysterically bad, historically bad for that matter. So uh, Mel Brooks uh, obviously made the producers. He, he this again it was his directorial debut. Uh, two of his next three films would also feature Gene Wilder. Uh, one uh, was um, uh, Blazing Saddles, uh, where he played the Waco Kid. And he also played uh, in, in Young Frankenstein as Dr. Frankenstein's grandson. Brooks went on to direct mostly spoofs, uh, he directed about a dozen films altogether and has appeared in a few others. Uh, the producers uh, is more is, is is about a spoof, but it really isn't a spoof in itself. It's more of a straight comedy. The juxtaposition of Bloom and Bialystok is con- is consistently a laugh getter in the movie. And Zero Mostel was a veteran performer that appeared in nearly three dozen stage and and screen um, appearances, um, including Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Zero Mostel uh, was also, uh, usually he did did play a swindler pretty well, actually. Um, He was um, in a few movies appearing that way. Uh, 1977, fun fact, he appeared in The Muppet Show. He also uh, wrote a book, in 1976, called Zero Mostel's Book of Villains. Uh, he unfortunately died soon after that, but did leave a legacy. And um, a lot of people don't don't realize the impact Zero Mostel had. He had two things uh, that go against him, you know, from a historical historical perspective. One is he would performed in so many stage uh, stage plays. And um, two, he also got caught up in the uh, HUAC hearings. If you don't know what those are, uh, that is uh, the when the when Congress had determined that some act movie actors and directors and producers were uh, were communist, and it produced a, a big fear uh, amongst uh, the American public that there may be some communists uh, within Hollywood. Some may have been true and some may have not been true, and I don't know we'll ever really get to the bottom uh, of it. Uh, but Gene Wilder was a, a, a subject in our first podcast uh, where we talked about Silver Streak. Um, after the producers, he went on to, uh, to star, in, uh, Will, star as Willy Wonka, and uh, again, uh, he was in uh, Blazing Saddles. And Doctor and in and, and Young Frankenstein. He also starred in the movie uh, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, which w- was where he offered some comic relief in that movie uh, with Warren uh, Beatty and, and Faye Dunaway starring as Bonnie and Clyde. And he gets his car stolen by the two by the two uh, by the two bank robbers and. Um, he he gets to ride in the back seat, and there's some hilarity that ensues, and it really is the comic relief of that film. 
Uh, of course, Gene Wilder also starred in four films with Richard Pryor after that. The producers holds a place on the AFI 100 Years, 100 Laughs list. Um, it's been as high as number 11 on the list. The film was remade by Mel Brooks as a Broadway stage musical. And that was a smash success. And um, the movie was also remade in 2005. Uh, Brooks did not direct this movie, but he did produce it. He hired another director for the film. Um, and that starred Nathan Lane as Bialystok and Matthew Broderick as Leo Bloom. And, and uh, did feature Will Ferrell as uh, as the writer. Uh, and, and he played Kenneth Marr's character and, and did it pretty well. Uh, but um, it also featured John Lovitz. Um, the Producers is a, a silly film based on a ridiculous premise, but it's an absolute classic. If you enjoy comedy, you need to see it. If you, dev if you have not seen this movie, please see it. If you have seen it, see it again. Get some laughs. It is absolutely hysterical. Well, that's my podcast for today. I uh, really enjoy talking about this movie. Um, I... Uh, have declared my uh, affinity toward Gene Wilder and his antics on the screen. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed him as a kid. Uh, I will say that there will be more Gene Wilder podcast movies, or podcasts, because the movies that he was in were classics in the 70s especially. But in any case, I am David Heath, and this is Cinema Chat. Thanks for joining me.